Welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast. My name is Mike Anderson, and I'm joined today with Ashley Sorensen, my co-host. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Mike. All right. Glad to be here. You know, it's it's nice to be here, but uh, to be honest with you, I'd rather be where our guest is at today, and that is professional Bassmaster and Shields uh, pro staff Josh Douglas. Josh, how you doing today? Oh man, I'm doing. I'm I am doing great. I'm on my home lake on Lake Malax, and fishing opener just happened, and we're doing a podcast talking fishing. So I really couldn't be doing any better. Mm-hmm, Living the life. Yes. So, I mean, I'm guessing most people that are used to listening to this podcast listen on a on a platform like SoundCloud or Spotify where you don't have video, but we're trying a little something new today. So we've, we're recording this video. You can find that on YouTube. And um, Josh is in the boat today, so we, we just couldn't get him out of the boat. So he's in the boat. And uh, if you're watching this right now, we've got uh, a basically a green screen setup where we got a picture of him in the back. So there's a picture of him in our background. So we're not actually with him in the boat, but he's in the screen too. So. <laughs> yeah, we aren't in the middle of the lake right now. But that was in Texas. Yeah, that picture was in Texas where we filmed a bunch of uh, a bunch of videos, tips and tricks and stuff like that. Which uh, you know, if you're on our Instagram or our uh, TikTok page, you'll uh, you'll see those. But um, you know, enough about us talking. Let's hear a little <laughs> bit from Josh. How you been doing? I've been, I've been good. I've been good. I'm, it's finally, I guess, spring. Feels more like summer now. It just went from like winter to summer in northern Minnesota, like it always seems to do. But uh, it's nice open water. The, the Mille Lacs was closed like a week and a half ago. Still had ice on it. So the fact that it opened up and we're here fishing and been running around fishing tournaments in other states, south, down in southern United States, starting to get really hot. So uh, this is definitely my most favorite time of year and my most favorite way to fish. Uh, you know, it's just starting right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw you. Uh, you have just barely made it back for fishing opener. How did that go for you? Yeah, not great. Well, that the only reason I did, I, I, I missed Saturday because I had to drive Saturday. But the only reason I got back is because I missed the cut, which is always a depressing drive back home. Uh, cashing the small check and then having to do it. But the silver lining was immediately get out of Alabama and, and push that Chevy back up north so that we could get out here right away and, and get to doing what I do best. Mm-hmm. So what sort of tactics are you doing right now to get on the fish? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Mille Lacs is a, a phenomenal smallmouth fishery, a glacial lake. Water's super clear right now. Water temp range is anywhere from like, you know, low 40s. Um, I'm sure you can even find 30s in some parts of the lake. Um, low 40s up to the low 50s and just kind of depends on where the wind is blowing around so that's real pre-spawn mode right now for smallmouth bass uh they're getting in big schools you know they're coming they're coming from being in big schools and they're starting to break off on different reefs and points and so it's just a lot of kind of looking around with the active target finding schools and then a, you know a jerk bait something like the shimano world minnow is going to be a really good call this time of year with that water temp um you know, everything real pre-spawn. And then, of course, slowing down with like a Ned rig and a tube, um, stuff like that, and catching them once you kind of know that there's a school there. But little little marabou hair jigs, great time of year to be throwing something like that too. 
Are we giving away any of your um, fishing spots right now by with this no, video? Definitely, okay. definitely not. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm no rookie. I, you ain't looking at anything I don't want you to look at. That's okay. Yeah, this isn't his <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's actually really lucky for me is Malax is just a big bowl. So every time a guide client catches one or me and my buddy Andy, when we were fishing today, caught one, he's always turn your back so that it's all water behind you and then no one ever knows where you're at. You know? Yeah. This is more of an out of the wind, block the wind out so that we're in a good spot. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed any fish on beds yet or is it still a little bit too um, early for that? Yeah, definitely too early for that. I think that'll get backed up. You can usually, I'm a lax, always count on the spawn from around june 1st june 2nd to about june 15th you know that's usually a good time frame for the full-blown spawn um this year i would guess it'd back up a little bit it, it got hot today it's hot tomorrow it was kind of weird today it was all it was supposed to be all sun but it was cloudy all day because those canadian wildfires kept um everything real kind of foggy and smoky stuff like that so um now the sun's starting to come out but no i i would say we're going to be a little bit late with with the spawn this year, uh, unless things just warm up really, really fast, but it was, it was kind of a tough, long, brutal winter. So things just seem to be a little bit behind, which is good. I'd rather fish for them pre-spawn than, than spawning anyway. That's when you're going to get the really big ones to bite. Yeah, absolutely. So you, uh, you hinted at it a little bit, but, uh, talk about how your, uh, your Bassmaster season's been going so far, your ups and your downs and, and everything about that. Yeah, that's a, a most perfect way to describe it ups and downs it's been one good day followed by a bad day and not like i'm not catching limits i'm i just can't have the right fit i just keep losing the right fish at the right time or make a decision to go left when i should go right i think i've cashed four checks but they've been the the small checks you know they from you make the cut at 50 so 50 to 75 fits the last check range and 75 to 100 is you know so there's always a silver lining leaving with a little something but at the same time it's just been not, definitely not my year the way i want wanted it to go i and it, it keeps like i keep being right there in every tournament and then one day it's just not not too good so hopefully we can correct that sabine is probably that's next that's in two weeks that's probably the venue i'm definitely not looking forward to the most that's definitely not my style of fishing uh, i'm more of an offshore fisherman and this year so far has not lined up for that at all everything's been bed fishing up real shallow so the big three going out, those will be offshore smallmouth venues. I'm definitely, you know, licking my chops for those coming up, making sure I'm ready to go for that. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's fun to be there, fun to fish, good days, bad days. Seems like right now I can't control the uh, the big ones getting off when when I need them to stay on. Mm -hmm. Do you have any do you have any specific fish that come to mind that maybe would a Turned one of your lower places right into a bumping you up to towards the top. Oh yeah, no, there's literally I think about every single one of them except Murray was really the only one where I just made a bad decision with where I went on the first day of the tournament. Um, but other than that, no, literally every tournament I've I just had a big day where I'm always in the top thirty or something, and then the next day I, I end up with a small limit of ten pounds or something like that, and those tournaments you know you lose them but even the winner when you watch you know the guy that's going to win the tournament he's going to lose fish i just wasn't on him good enough you know you just gotta either land those but florida like when you're losing eight pounders that's a big deal those are those are the ones that spike you up there but, but yeah yeah that one hurts i mean like 
did, did you have a certain fishing style like where you were deep in the trees and they ended up like just getting stuck or or what's the sort of stuff that happens that people don't see on tv or in the results pages yeah but i mean but it happens to everybody so it's just not like like i said you can win tournaments and still lose big bass it means you're just on them really really good uh we've been to such different fisheries where it's been you know trees to vegetation to just right there by my hand trying to grab it and it just pops off and get, gets away it just it seems like that's how fishing works you're either you either rolls with hot you know high highs and low lows and you just got to kind of always weather the storm and keep it right in the middle and uh that's kind of how you have a successful longer career at it but you know buckle down put those fish in the boat next time and uh it's a totally different totally different tournament any high high then that you've had so far this tournament no, 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 no. I mean, I've had big days, you know, where I've had big days and caught big fish and stuff like that, but it just seems like I follow, I've been following it up instead of um, with a worse bag. And usually my track record is if I catch them on day one, I'll definitely catch them on day two. I seem to have that confidence where, you know, now I'm catching them on day one and just it's fizzling out, fizzling out on day two. So hopefully we can get it corrected and, and get it going, like I said, with those small malt venues coming up and and again i just you know i feel more comfortable offshore and we just it's been a long spring and the schedule kind of lined up or it's keeping us in shallow water until you know until those last three going out no real ledge tournaments no real offshore texas tournaments nothing like that going on so i knew i had to weather it the nice thing is, is i haven't definitely haven't blown it um points wise i think i'm only you know i'm under 100 points away from a classic berth with four to go so i just gotta pick up the slack in the last three and do my job and, and we should be where we need to be. Hopefully. Yeah. Okay. I, I sense a strong finish out of you. There's, there's no yeah. end to your fight. Yeah. You got those other ones out of the way. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Mm -hmm. Well, since you're actually in the boat, uh, I think it'd be a great opportunity to talk about your Lowrance electronics and sure. uh, basically the whole setup you got. So, I mean, since you're just running this off your phone, you mind just kind of walking us around, yeah. a showing us your exact setup. Are you running the whole HDS Pro lineup? Yeah, I got most of them are Pro. Some of them are still lives. Um, these are, I got a Pro right here that's running the new structure scan unit. You know, that's at my face, my down scans here, my structure scans here um right now i'm shooting at 455 but you can shoot up into the thousands now uh this one right here i'm running my c map my traditional sonar that i left just a regular standard live unit there really was no reason to swap that out mid-season for a pro but if you run a pro you know it's plug and play for the new structure scan uh, without having to run a box so that's what i use at my face same kind of setup like i said structure scan here down scan here sonar here c map here and then if we go up here, we're running three units. Here I got a 16, uh, that's running active target two. This one right here I got, uh, this one right here is also running active target two, but that's in, I'm running that in scout mode. So I got the two transducers on the trolling motor. And then this one right here is just my main map uh waypoint map i don't really run a sonar or anything up front anymore i just utilize the active targets to do all that and then a uh, ghost trolling motor right here i still got the short shaft on just because once we get out of um 
Sabine, I'm going to need it for the Sabine River, but then I'll put my 52-inch shaft on for the rest of the year for guiding out on Mille Lacs and hanging out here. And then, um, of course, for the, the big Great Lake events going out at the end of the summer. Okay. You have a serious chunk of change in electronics on your boat right yeah. now. I'm a little impressed. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of electronics out there. Yes, definitely. Yes. No, you I'm, need you know you need them, and that's something right now. You just gotta you know act a target, and forward sonar is winning so many tournaments right now. Even in the state of Florida, you know we we lost that tournament to a dude that was using you know active target forward sonar. So it's just something you got to stay with uh, the trends and stuff like that, and it just it gives you so much more knowledge. You know how you would how you would attack fish and, and spots you find you know, are going to be totally different, kind of similar to like, you know, if you didn't have a spotting scope for elk, you would go a totally different way about trying to uh, harvest an elk. So at the same time, now having that kind of technology, there's a, a little learning curve with it. You got to know when to use it, when to not look at it. Um, but mostly you need to always be, you'd always be looking at it. So now if someone can't afford, what, five or six screens... Yeah. <laughs> you know, do you have a suggestion of like start here? You gotta have yeah. you know, this one or two. No, for sure. You can definitely like on these units, I'll show you. You know, if I want to take this unit and right now I'm just running multiple screens because it's strictly about the screen inches, you know, how many screens can I have at my face, the more efficient I am. Um, obviously I got good sponsors in Lawrence and Shields and stuff, so that makes it doable for me. Otherwise I definitely couldn't either. But with Lowrance, you know, you can um, adjust your splits. You can kind of go in here and set up. Can you see this okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Set up where you put your sonar, your chart, your side scan. You can put all that into one unit. And then you can also change your template any way you want. So if I wanted to keep map here, maybe bring side scan down and then hit save. And now I'm running all of those off mm. of just one unit you know so you just basically what you the the recommendation for me would be to buy as much screen as you can afford the units themselves you know the Lowrance 9 10 12 16 they're all identical the identically the same except for screen size what you're paying just like if we went you know to a place to buy a big screen tv we would um you know you're paying for the screen size and and the processors, that's what's really good with Lowrance. You know, that's an eight-core processor now in the new Pro unit. Super snappy uh, and can crunch all of that. So if a person just wants all the technology that I have at my fingertips, uh, they can definitely do that with just, you know, one unit at their fate, you know, at the council for, you know, wh what I'm doing at my council is that's what I'm doing my homework. I'm idling around and I'm looking, I'm looking for stuff. I'm not fishing from there. I'm idling around, I'm looking for fishy habitat. I'm looking for fish seasonally i'm saving waypoints then i'm going to turn to the front deck drop the, the trolling motor and i'm going to start utilizing you know forward sonar and stuff like that you can do you can split that screen up up front so you got a forward sonar and your map all on one screen so i would say you know if you want to take full advantage of everything Lawrence offers you could do it with two just two units one at your face and one up on the one up on the console nice 
Yeah, good explanation there. And I'm going to go totally on the opposite end of the spectrum now. So first of all, I love that analogy you had about going elk hunting without a spotting scope when you compare it to, you know, <laughs> your forward-facing sonar. Sure. I need you to sell me why I need to have two forward-facing sonar like yep. you, you do on the front there. Yeah, well, you, you can run one in forward sonar, which is going to give you your vertical presentation in the water column. So the top of the screen is going to show um i'm super shallow right now i'd show you but the top of the screen is going to show the top of the water the bottom of the screen is going to show the, the bottom there and you're looking at everything vertical so you're seeing fish in a more 3d you know coming at you as if the other way and scout you flip the that image vertically so now you're looking at what people would be more familiar with like a 360 style uh look except for it's horizontal i'm saying this right right yeah verticals up and down horizontals left to right so now it's giving you a horizontal view so now i can see my brush piles or my weed line or my boulder and i can see like a 180 version of that in front of me but i can still see my bait and i can still see everything alive as opposed to the 360 technology which both people are familiar with hummingbird lawrence also has it but you need to wait for a transducer to come around that's that's not happening in real time so to be able to run both. And now with Lawrence's, you know, if you run two pros, you can utilize their ping sync, which allows both transducers to jump on, on their frequency, but at different times so that you don't get any interference between the two anymore. So again, just more information in front of you of what you're looking at. But I would say as a general rule of thumb, you're using scout mode to more look at the structure and the cover that's out there, the habitat that's available. And you're getting precise when you're looking in, in regular forward mode. Okay, gotcha. And then, um, you know, with that new pro system, you can hook two of them up together in scout mode and be able to see, like, what, 270 degrees, right? Yeah, big. Yeah. So that's called scout wide, which then you're adding in, you know, now a third active target two transducer, but one's in forward and then two are stacked and it's giving you an extra wide swath of what you have in front of you. And there's, there's super advantages to some of that stuff because when you're in shallow water, like we are now, you know, even if I want to shoot out at a hundred, I'm, I can't shoot a hundred feet a lot when the bottom is six, seven feet, because that's a moving target. It's always up and down and up and down. Once my transducer hits rock or bottom, it doesn't know what's behind it for an infinity level where you can flip that mode into a scout mode and you utilize that more so in um you know shallower water situations very cool yeah it's it's just amazing how far electronics have advanced even in the past like 10 years oh yeah in the past three years but yeah <laughs> 10 years i just watched a sabine river from 2013 i think it was and everybody still had only one graph at their console and run graph on their deck. And now it's minimum of five, you know, and total at that elite level. So, so yeah, 10 years, you went from just, they had a map and a sonar. That's all they was on their, on their units, you know? Yeah. So do you have, have you seen fish react negatively when you're bouncing like two live units at them? Oh, I've seen them negatively when i've made yeah when i dropped my trolling motor too loud for sure they they 
can hear that, you know, that's, that's the best advice I can give to people both forward facing sonars. I actually, you know, I do a lot of guiding. I, I have a lot, do a lot of electronics training stuff like that for both the shield stores and myself personally, and just fans of Josh Douglas fishing. Um, that's just something, you know, I think people can understand it better forward sonar than they can anything else structure scan sonar anything else forward sonar is like you're looking at something with your eyes and seeing something swim towards you or swim around you and how they react so most certainly i do catch fish that i'm seeing and i'm tricking that fish and you know that i want a bit for instance today me and my buddy andy were creeping around looking for a, a a school of fish that always hangs on this edge this certain edge during pre-spawn but it's a you know a football field area so we're just kind of moving through there slow we used to use you know a jerk bait and a hair jig to do that job for us and just fan cast kind of in the area until one bit you found the school in this case you know we kind of were coming off a drop and all of a sudden boom those fish were in our face at like 30 feet and i knew that they saw us and we saw them they're already acting that way my jerk bait was probably 60 feet behind them and i just reeled it as fast as i could until it got right in front of them jerked it one time and the biggest one you know it was a, a, i believe that was the five pounder i caught it was a big one um you know just ate the jerk bait that would have been a fish that i never would have saw i never would have known was there in the past but more so with forward sonar is the ability to learn how loud you really are as an <laughs> angler and to know that like you know a mountain lion doesn't make his living in the woods by roaring everywhere he goes you know he he's hides and he's super duper quiet and agile and he can run through the woods without anything hearing that it's there is survival mode so the more you think like a predator when you're out on the water the better you're going to be and forward sonar gives you that ability to one see what your presence and how the fish are reacting to your presence and at the same time collect real-time information like I'm not kidding when I say what I've learned in the last two years on a lake that I know very well, like Lake Malax, I was 80% wrong two years ago in what those fish were actually doing, how I thought they were sitting there, how many fish was there. And, you know, now I can see stuff like, you know, that I'm being too loud or that they know I'm there at 90 feet. You know, they already have one coming at me. They know my, my presence is there, what my shadow is doing, what everything's doing. It just allows you to collect that much more information of what you're doing and how the fish are reacting areas that i thought had three or four fish might have 30 or 40 and i just didn't know wow yeah that's pretty crazy to think about and you know what one other interesting thing you know that that you kind of said about like forward facing sonar you know it's like okay you get forward facing sonar you can see these fish but then you know you're bouncing frequency waves off of them and it's scaring them but you know in reality it's doing the same thing with your down scan or your side scan it's just that information isn't in real time so you can't physically watch them swimming away you know they're swimming away when you're hitting when you're pinging them on side scan too it's just you don't realize it sometimes sometimes they're swimming to you you know if they can keep their eyes on you and don't open their mouth on the first tasty thing that comes by and they'll they'll do that they'll hang around the boat they'll, they'll use the boat as long as the boat's presence is there now it used to be you know they used the boat for food 
you know, you'd startle crawdads away from a rock and all of a sudden they'd use the boat. But all of a sudden the presence of us being right on top of them all the time and knowing where they are. Now they use the boat like as a safety mechanism. Like I'm going to come to the boat and I know that while that boat is within eyeshot of me, I should probably not eat anything. (laughs) And that's just God's ways of protecting his babies, you know, like just things evolve and, and change and stuff like that so and and don't think for a second that they don't know those transducers so i set my hot keys if you look like this hot key can you see that right there mm-hmm. go to stop sonar so the second i get up i do that on this unit too the second i get up from idling i kill both those sonars i don't need to have them running no more so i just got that hot key set for that and now i'm turning to just my active target and having that do its job and that's just leaving a lot less uh, pinging coming from the boat. Clears up my image that I'm trying to look at. But also, it, it can be like a bullseye. It can bring those fish right to you. And since I'm up on the deck, I don't really need to know what's going on back there. Love awesome. it. Great information. So what's your setup like for on the road? Yeah, it's changing, actually, okay. right now. So... It was, it was me, my wife, Bree, and my dog, Lutzen, and we traveled in a camper. Well, we, we, had a, we have a Lance camper that sits in the bed of our dually, and then we have, like, a hitch extender that pulls the boat. That's what you're asking me, right? Like, what's mine? Like, right? What's yeah. my setup yeah. for on traveling? The, on the tournament trail. A little bit, little yeah. bit of life on the tournament trail. Okay, yeah. So the boat's, always, the boat's always the same. We just went through on the boat's always the same. Of course, I have to bring that with me. Delta frowns on bringing a bass boat, you know, to get there. So a lot of long, super long drives, 16, 18, 24 hour drives for us when we choose to, you know, stay in Northern Minnesota. Um, so we, we always had the camping thing and that was really, really awesome. Um, Lutzen loved it. It's the only thing he's ever known. He's four years old. We picked him up in Missouri, threw him in the dually. And that's all the life he's known is fishing and traveling around and, home sometimes when the season's right (laughs) and all that but just recently actually we are in the process of selling our dually uh to a buddy of mine and selling the lance camper off and we got a new truck put a topper on it it's in getting wrapped right now um and we're going to vrbo it for a little bit it gets a little crowded in the um camper it's a lot to carry around campsites are actually pretty crazy you know, post a lot of people bought campers during that COVID area because it's a good thing to do, um, you know, to stay remote and still be with your family and stay outside. So the campgrounds are kind of um, real busy and all that. And it's a little, to be dead honest, it's easier for me because I fish sun up to sundown and Bree and the dog are sitting in a camper, you know, and like they need well, the dog live. doesn't get to go with. Yeah. No, yeah. No, the dog. Yeah. No, no, not for, he goes with a lot, but he does not for tournament play. I can only, he, he wants to go to the bank all the time so he can fetch dicks and swim and he'll cry the whole dang time. But so he stays with mama in the camper. Um, but yeah, so now we're, we're running VRBOs here for the next year or two. And it, it's better for her too, for pumping out videos. It's something we're really uh, getting ready to take to the next level. Kind of had to revamp some things so we could travel with more stuff, um, you know, by utilizing a topper. Cause you got to imagine you put the camper in there and you don't have no space for extra storage and all that. So we were trying to work on getting a good uh, fishing show going, a long-term fishing show. And um, that gives her better internet and all that because we can make sure the VRBO has solid internet and 
stuff like that too so um yeah new boat wrap should be like i said it's in getting done right now i just approved the wrap dropped it off yesterday so should be pretty sharp oh we're looking forward to seeing that um talk to us a little bit about your content you have like what you're kind of trying to morph into and uh where, where you're looking to go with it yeah i mean tournament tournament fishing has always been something that i've been into uh but it's definitely not where i started i started more on the content side and guiding um that was kind of all of my deal i have a hospitality management background uh, i didn't finish school so i'm not say that but that's what i did was hospitality i worked for marriott for a while um they they put a good bit of effort into teaching me hospitality so one thing i've always just really want to do is the video side of things and teach people how to fish that's a knack that i have it's something that i like to do Bree and I kind of team everything up. She's really good at doing the PowerPoint presentations and the video. She does all, you know, my video stuff uh, that we do personally for the Josh Douglas Fishing Channel and just for some of the content we create for Shields and Shimano and the other sponsors that we're with. But I, I think that's always where the end goal is going to be. Um, we were pretty close to doing that. And then I went off and qualified for the Elite Series. We kind of put everything on hold uh, to maybe check off a few more boxes as we go but you know eventually that that's the goal is to to make good awesome wholesome content not just flashy content that sells that way but the stuff that actually teaches um the 99 percent of fishermen 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 women out there that teaches the real 99 percent, like how to do it and how to be more successful on the water because i can remember growing up as a kid i can remember super unsuccessful and frustrating times out on the water with my family and then i can remember like what it's like when you just absolutely have a, a good time and that good time doesn't always need to be catching fish but it sure is a perk and that is something that i want to continue to teach people uh to do and definitely through the shields platform through their platforms for sure because we all know that they're the most educated staff out there when it comes to buying those products so then i'll take over once they get out of the store i want to be uh, the face that people turn to to learn how to use that equipment when they're on the water. Yeah, we really appreciate that, Josh. I mean, like, I I had an awesome time down in Texas, you know, filming with you, doing those videos, you know, like how we have it set up in the, you know, in our screen background right now, basically. When you have a, a day where you get paid to just go out and do fishing videos on the water, I was like, oh, man, I can get used to this. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think we're just getting started, Mike. You know what I mean? We got a lot. We got a lot of that stuff to put together, and uh, in the future, you guys all do a great job with it. And I sure, I can't do many things in the world. I can tangle with a bass. I'm a decent cook, but I can definitely run my mouth about fishing for sure, and, and <laughs> have a knack for teaching people, you know, how to do it. So many pro fishermen are so secretive. You know what I mean? And they, they don't want to or they don't have the ability to, 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 to do that. And that's something that I got. And so it's something I definitely want to give back to the sport. That's given a ton to me. Yeah, that's definitely a gift to be able to teach. So that's great that you're passionate yeah. about it too. Cause I think that content is so valuable to other people and yeah, there's enough fish to go around, right? Yeah. Oh, there most definitely is. Trust me. Trust now, are you guys able to record content when you're at these tournaments also? Yeah, we do some, I mean the tournament itself, you know, if I, if, being that breed, my wife does a lot of my um, video content and stuff. Um, I'm putting it politely, and it's her words. She's the weather's got to be like pretty peachy 
sort of really want to go out there like if it's if it's 38 degrees and it's a three foot wave or it's going to have any threat of rain you know probably not want to be out there a ton so obviously the tournaments uh take full rank that's and probably the secret to uh, a successful marriage too to yeah allow, allow her to do that yeah yeah right exactly <laughs> yeah you can stay stay in in today yeah when it's raining yeah so the tournaments themselves i mean bassmaster does such a good job uh, putting people out on the water, especially if you're catching them and, you know, breeze collecting all the content at takeoff and at the weigh-ins and, um, all that kind of good stuff. But, um, if, if we keep going the tournament route, we'll see. And, and it would be nice to bring in a little bit of that, you know, tournaments, tournament scene, but we always have a marshal. So you need to get like, a, you need to have another boat to, to run your can person behind the camera around with you and all that. And then, it's uh, these guys are so good. I, I need to be making sure I'm focusing every single bit of my effort into catching five bass right. a day for sure. But uh, the tournament, the tournaments, yeah, we, we bring a lot of content, more, more post content, you know, when the tournament's over, uh, you know, through my what's on my deck series and stuff that I that I utilize and showing off the rods and reels and stuff that we use at that tournament or that I'm expecting to turn to, to use. And, and of course, if I was on fish, what I, what I was doing to catch them and, and how my equipment, you know, how I utilize all that equipment. Mm -hmm. I think that's and, so great. You share that. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. A hundred percent. And anybody sure. listening to this right now that hasn't seen your what's on my deck series, you need to go check that out. Cause that's like great in-depth information, what you're using, how to use it definitely go check it out and we'll link it in the description of this podcast too. Awesome. Bree and I actually just shot, um, a new what's on my deck, but we shot two new shields videos on Sunday, right? When we got back, um, one was on Ned Riggin and like where they're at free spawn. We turned to see map, like, where are they? And then some swim bait stuff, but not like little swim baits, little paddle tails, but not your traditional way of catching them, like casting them and reeling them back in so they're going to be pretty good and there's some sh there's some good shields ones coming up so definitely tune into those too all right perfect looking forward to that so hey you know we appreciate your time josh but um before i let you go i i need to hear your turkey story so well, i need to hear it too you yeah. you were telling me a little bit we need to hear, <laughs> we need to hear this story, story. Because I was sitting, you know, I open up Instagram in the morning, you know, it's kind of my job. So I'm yep. around and then here I see Josh Douglas with a turkey and I'm like, oh, hey, welcome to the wonderful world of turkey hunting, Josh. So, yep. Talk uh, to us about it. I'm all in on turkey hunting, man. I just, you know, the thing about turkey hunting for bass fishermen is they, the schedules collide hard you know, like a lot of times there's tournaments and stuff like that here in the spring. And it's just that time of year to get, to get going. But there's so many turkeys in so many States now that you can basically just bring your shotgun with you and get a, a tag somewhere and knock on a door. Most farmers are more than willing. That's what I found, you know, that we got a, I came back home. I went once last year uh, with a buddy, Thomas Allen, who's a big time uh, turkey hunter. And I only had one day. I had one day and I had to leave town and it works. The Minnesota ones at least work like weekly. You get a weekly tag. Mm -hmm. um, and it's only good for that, that week. Well, for me to be able to go with them, I had to use the last day of the season and go. And we did see a bearded hen, which is a legal bird to shoot in Minnesota, but I opted not to for a Tom. So I never did get one, 
this year we just kind of tackled it ourselves. Me and my buddy Andy, um, my buddy Joel, none of us are really turkey hunters. None of us had shot one, but we are all kind of into it. Um, matter of fact, us three, we went to the St. Cloud Shields and bought everything. I, you know, got some, uh, two decoys, um, two decoys and a slate call and a little bit of camo. One of them got a pair, a new pair of crispy boots. So he was pretty dialed. And we, we, we went out and we, we got permission to hunt some land and we didn't know nothing about it. Uh, we set up a blind, but we sucked in the blind. We didn't see anything <laughs> that was terrible our calls weren't working nothing so that day though we're leaving and in the neighboring property you see a big old tom like a real big one strutting with a couple hens so we got kind of close as close as we could staying on the property we could hunt and tried to call him in he just left went on the other side of the road so the next day me and my buddy andy get up real early and we're gonna sit right on the cornfield side of ours right in the woods just go find a spot as close to him as we can uh where, where we last saw him and as soon as i shut the truck i was in breeze truck and when you if you leave the key fob in the truck and you shut the door it'll go like beep 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 like that and so it did that loud and usually you'd be like oh crap you know but he answered it he gobbled at it right away like <laughs> from, from the wood line and we were just like oh god let's go you know we we ran over there and and uh, andy did a lot of the calling um and we'd call we'd call at him and he'd answer it 90% of the time. Heck, when the when the cows woke up and started mooing, he'd answer them. Like, he was pretty tuned up. And uh, But he never moved, stayed in the same spot. You know, I don't even know how many, 100 yards, a couple hundred yards into the woods. And all of a sudden, a hen comes out into our decoys, and she's doing her thing. And she gets within, like, five or six yards of us. And right? So we're just leaning up against trees. And she's doing most of the clucking, doing most of the work for us in those. And we're just kind of watching her try not to move and all of a sudden out of nowhere one gobbles like 10 yards behind us sent like sh like shivers up my spine it was just right behind us and we're just like oh god frozen because now she's right here and he's right here behind us and we probably sat there for 15 20 minutes eventually that bird came out and came into the decoys with a hen and uh the hen kind of ran out of him and he froze up and did a little half check to my jake and i and I hit him and he was just a Jake. It was my first one. We, we did know like at one point when he was coming into the decoys, it was kind of a lot going on. We heard that other Tom gobble, you know, still from the same spot. So we knew right then and there it wasn't, but I had one day and I had to get down to uh, the last tournament. So I, I mean, I was all in now, now I'm like, I hope they let you go after more because Bree, we took it home. Uh, my buddy Thomas Allen came over and taught me all kinds of tricks. like how to get the stones and stuff out of the gizzard and get the feet and the fan out the tail and all that and how to properly breast. It was really easy. I'm a duck hunter and a bird hunter. So that was, you know, same, bigger, easier to, to do. But Bree took it right away and made um, Japanese wild turkey katsu, which oh, wow. stuff. And it was, it was just so phenomenal. So now, now even Bree who Brie like Brie won't hurt a fly and now she's thinking about well we might need to get two tags i might need to shoot one next year so i'm really hope i'm, I'm hoping that actually comes to fruition i'll record that for sure that there you go. Love it. and you know what i was just talking to ashley the other day asking her like okay do you, do you go hunting have you been and she's like no so i just said if you're gonna get started hunting start with turkey hunting it's the most fun thing 
when when you're set when you're set up and you have one gobble in your face at like 10 yards <laughs> it is one of the most incredible feelings in the world and now you can vouch for me right oh i'm it's it's i don't want to say like poor man's elk hunting because it's you know just elk hunting is expensive i don't want to go on elk hunts i want to do all that but it's kind of like it because like i don't think i'll sit in a in a blind again i'll, I'll definitely rather stay mobile and move around and call at them and get them to call back and then figure out where to set up and, and get into that. And I took to the call pretty quick. I know it's not the hardest thing in the entire world. You know, it sounds Turkey, no matter what, but kind of took to it right away. And I, I, I really like it. It's, it's, it's phenomenal when, when they're talking to you and it's just like, I'll, I'll happily not be in the bass boat for Turkey season <laughs> to make sure I get one. And, and I'll definitely travel with my 20 gauge for sure. Just for, you know, when we get the weekend off in between tournaments or something that, uh, I'd like to start working at getting the different, getting the different ones in different areas. Both of you have this like glow about you talking about these turkeys. It's so cool. It's so <laughs> rad. Yeah. I, I just never did smile, it. I just, yeah. I just never did it. And, um, you know, now I'm just, I'm all in and you really don't need much stuff. Seriously. I, I, St. Cloud Shields had us in and out of there in a half hour. I mean, I have a Shields gift card, so I left with plenty or more than a guy needed to have to go and do it. To go and do it. Um, but like I said, I'm in it for the long haul now. So there you go, perfect. Yeah, I mean, he, you can carry a bunch of stuff into the woods if you want to do like cameras and capture it yeah. with tacticams and stuff like that. But yeah, get yourself a call, a couple of decoys, shotgun, and some camo, and you know. You can get yourself a turkey. And yeah, it was pretty funny. Like throughout this whole podcast, like you were kind of a businessman through it all, talking about like your electronics and <laughs> and then we bring up turkey and you got just like a little schoolgirl smile on Yeah. Face, so I, I'm telling you, I'm it, it it ruined me immediately. I, I wanted more of that and I just you know, now I can only imagine, like I said, it was just a Jake that I got. So I could only imagine a big old giant strut and tom coming in and trying to mess up my decoy and you know try to try to hit him but yeah i, I made him roll that's for sure he, he that was a done deal right right away so but again we got it all everything at shields good good shells you know everything you need now it's pretty it's pretty easy and you know a lot of times i like to fish with people and even hunt you know i'm a big deer hunter i, I like big game hunting that's definitely my favorite and this kind of feels like big game to me, even though it's a bird. It still feels like it's a big game animal. Well, it kind of is. So it's a large bird. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're pretty big <laughs> birds. And yeah. you know, you're right. They're they're pretty much like elk hunting. You know, it's 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 almost exactly the poor man's version of elk hunting. Yeah, it doesn't cost as much. You can usually get a tag pretty easy. And the vocalizations and the interactions between each other, like you call, they call back. You get excited, they get excited. And yep. you need to wait for when two different things. Number one, when they come in, they attack your decoys. That is yeah. super cool. And then when you get a big one that'll spit and drum, like they make just, it's almost impossible to explain the sound until like you actually hear it and you, and you literally feel it in your chest when they, when those turkeys will spit and drum. And yeah, it's, it's super cool. Just like stick with turkey hunting until you hear that and then you think you're hooked now then it'll be full-blown obsession oh yeah no i'm bad i already got I already called <laughs> deals i got a benelli 28 gauge on order i got i called loophole who i'm 
with them for sunglasses and got a scope for it right away. Like I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm, I can't. <laughs> and, and like I said, it's something you can just lean up against a tree by yourself too and just uh, have a good time. But my nephews and stuff, they're starting to get to that age. So I would love to sit there and call in turkeys. That's, you know, you can still do that. Just, you know, as long as you're not out there shooting them, you know, harvest mine and then help my nephews get theirs, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's almost more it's almost more fun to bring a kid out and have yeah. help them shoot their first bird. It's just it's awesome to see a kid or Ashley or Ashley. No. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Ashley here. She's got to shoot her first bird too. Yeah, that's a good thing to start with. That's I I think that'd be that'd be a good place to to do it for sure. It's it's fun. It's it's a blast. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, next year I want to see a series out of you. You doing the Bassmaster thing and yeah. doing a Grand Slam on the on the turkeys. Uh-huh. Get all the subspecies and then win every bass tournament in the state where you shot each different species Ooh. of bird too. So well, we could. I got like I said, I got connections for buddies that you know do a lot of it down in South Florida for like the Osceola and all that. I might have to come up towards your guys' neck of the woods and do it with you and finish it off. It's the Miriam, right, out in South Dakota? Yep, there's Miriams, and then there's a lot of Easterns out here, too. Yeah, yeah, that's what we got here, Easterns. Basically, the entire the entire fishing schedule, it's mostly mostly Easterns that, that kind of are in that area. But South Florida, right away, start the season, get Osceola, check that thing out. I see them all the time mm-hmm. when I'm fishing, so... Yeah, I think it, there's got to be a couple spots where you could get a Rio, too. I don't know oh, exactly yeah. where they're at, but I feel like they're in kind of the areas where you're fishing. West Texas, maybe? Yeah. Something like that, maybe Oklahoma or something. There we go. They're probably real big in Texas, too. Everything's bigger in Texas, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of them around here, even up here in northern Minnesota. You know, the locals, I've lived up here for seven or eight years now. And we didn't see that many of them right away. I mean, heck, for the first couple of years, I probably saw more timber wolves than I saw turkeys. But now there's turkeys everywhere, and the uh, you know the locals just kind of say, you know, they they're just haven't been there. They hadn't been there until 15, 20 years ago, and just everywhere. It seems like everywhere around the United States, it really doesn't matter where you're at. It seems like the populations are are exploding. So. Um, you know, used to I think it used to I think that maybe that's why I never got a, into turkey hunt when I hunted everything else in Minnesota. It used to be kind of hard, I think, to get a turkey license, a turkey tag, and now it's you know over the counter. Yep, I've definitely seen that over the past you know ten, fifteen, especially twenty years. Like when when I was living at my parents, still in like middle school, high school, like there wasn't a turkey there, and now they're just everywhere in that spot so it's like they've been they've been dispersing like crazy and spreading fire and i'm not mad about it no 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 not me either i was a little irritated last summer there was a whole group of them and they were not afraid no i'd just be sitting there and here comes six of them walking up to me yeah they're a bird (laughs) that you know a lot of people see them on their commutes to work. You know, they're just yeah. a great place for turkeys to hang out is right on the edges of town. You like, you get that mix of suburban and, uh, and egg. And those are always the ones that are protected. You know, you can't hunt turkeys like in the middle of town. So all these birds know that, well, nothing can harm me except for unless I'm really dumb and get hit by a car. So they can get big and old and, you know, 
those ones, you know, people think, well, it'd be so easy to shoot a turkey. Like, I got to honk my horn to get them out of the way. But when you get into the woods and you actually try yeah. to eat them, way different. Yeah, they can see everything. They're smart. And and I think people see them because when they're all bowed up and strutted out, they're just, it looks like a big balloon out in the middle of the, out in the middle of the cornfield or something. You just can't help but notice it when you, you know, they're not exactly, they're, they're doing the exact opposite of trying to hide, you know? Yes, right. exactly. So, all right, cool. Well, Josh, thank you so much for your time. It was, uh, it was very interesting doing this podcast, like, us in an office and you in the boat and you know yeah. i enjoyed it i have the itch to get on the water i'm a little jealous i'm not in your spot right now i hear you man i hear you. we always have an invite out here and uh yeah uh, thanks for having me on i'm gonna get back to uh and since you called me earlier now i got your cell phone number so i'll send you a text a text of a five pounder here in just a little bit nice <laughs> perfect <laughs> thanks so much josh all right, thanks all right thank you all take care have a good one Thank you for listening to the Shields Outdoors podcast. Stay tuned for future segments and visit our social media pages, Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates.